The Last Kids on Earth by Max Brawyer, illustrated by Douglas Holgate, read with permission by the publisher, Scholastic Incorporated. Chapter 6. I figure there are two types of people in this world. The first, people who think living in an abandoned post-apocalyptic world would be awesome. Anarchy rules, man! And the second group, normal folks who think that the people in the first group are clinically insane. Quint is definitely type numero uno. Every day he's up at the crack of dawn, doing research. He says we need to document the end of the world properly, like scientists. Want to play frisbee man? No. Want to hop in Big Mama and cruise for monsters? No. Want to sit around all day and be a big dork? Yes. See, this is what I have to deal with. On the plus side, Quint is a big fan of my photos. For science, he says. I don't think he quite gets the art of it. He just says they're really helping with the whole studying the monsters process. Me, I'm less into studying the monsters and more into, you know, destroying the horrible monsters that have taken over the whole world. But whatever, different strokes for different dorks. The problem is that all this research keeps reminding me that it's so scary out there. And when something is so scary, it's natural to want to avoid it. Maybe that's why I haven't gone back out to look for June in two days. So tomorrow, I'm changing that. Tomorrow, I'm going to be all Liam Neeson-y, like, what's up zombies, hand over my friend June. Tomorrow, bright and early, we're scouring this town for June. Not just the school and not just her home. Everywhere. No building unexplored. No spot unsearched. Rise and shine, Brainy. It's 6.45 in the morning and I'm guzzling a warm cherry Pepsi, trying to put a little pep in my system. I give Quint a gentle kick to the side. He groans groggy, looks up and mutters, Santa? Quint, I say, I need to complete my ultimate feat of apocalyptic success. Find, and if necessary, which it totally will be, rescue June Del Toro. Quint grunts, climbs out of his sleeping bag, and shuffles over to our little bathroom. The bathroom is just a bucket in the side of the treehouse. We have a rule. No one looks at what the other person is doing. You wouldn't think that would need to be a rule, but, well, Quint is odd and stuff like that kept happening. So what you thinking? Hot dogs for dinner? Dude. Quint has another weird habit. He always talks when he's out there on the bathroom bucket. Today, he says, before we go driving anywhere, we need gasoline. See, we've been using gasoline by the gallonful to run the generator for the Xbox and the toaster oven and the RC helicopter and the massage chair and the Christmas lights and all that jazz. I had had what I thought was a brilliant plan to get us some easy electricity. You know those wheels that mice run on in the labs and junk? Well, I was going to grab a treadmill from the high school gym and zombie power. (laughs) Quint said that idea was, and I quote, so dumb, Jack, that I'm not sure how anyone who would propose such an idea even manages to get dressed in the morning. I said, whatever, and pointed out that his pants were on backwards. Anyway, I agreed to get the gasoline. No choice. Only way to find June. I suit up, down another cherry Pepsi, and embark on Operation Jack Gets Gas. Note, maybe we need a new name for this op. We've drained every nearby car, so I'm forced to venture farther. Apocalyptic morning stroll. Look, I've missed out on a lot of things in life. Big birthday bashes, trips to Disney, inside jokes, being part of a clique at school. I didn't get that stuff. I know that, but for the most part, it's all good. You know why it's all good? It's all good because there's a feeling you get when you're walking through a post-apocalyptic wasteland and your weapon rests on your shoulder the way a long sword might have rested on the armored shoulder of King Arthur. And man, it's like a freaking killer feeling. 
And that feeling, that freedom, that total independence, I don't know if I'd trade it for a thousand trips to Disney World or Disneyland or to Disney Town or Yankee Stadium or Big Earl's Petting Zoo or whatever his par- parent it is where parents take kids. I mean, Blarg! The sound stops me dead in my tracks. The monster, Blarg, and he's close. I tiptoe to the nearest house and peer around the side past a bunch of overgrown bushes. Blarg! That roar sounded closer. A trellis runs up the side of the house, covered in wild plant life. Slowly, I climb up to the roof for a better view. I spot Blarg's thick, armored hide, tentacle-covered back, and bug-eyed face rising above a big house a few blocks south. I watch as Blarg bends down, disappears behind the house for a moment, then comes back holding a zombie. He stares at it. I gulp. Could it be? Does Blarg think that zombie is me? Finally, Blarg's face gets tight like he's ticked off. He roars and shoves the undead thing into his mouth. As he chews, the sound of the poor zombie's snapping bones echoes across the empty suburban streets. My blood runs cold. I can barely breathe. I can't even think of something sarcastic to say. I put down my head and I lie on the roof. I wait a long, long time before I move again. It's nearly noon when I'm finally sure Blarg is gone and I climb back down the trellis. Now, find the gas, no delays, and hopefully no Blarg. Seven blocks from the house, I spot a minivan. Perfect. The gas cap needs to be popped from the inside. I try the door. Locked. I step away, cock back the Louisville slicer, and crack! Shatter the window. I pop the lock. Inside the car, something catches my eye. A sun-bleached photo on the dashboard. They look like the happiest family on earth in the picture. And now, they're probably stumbling around Wakefield, bodies decaying and limbs falling off. I can't help but think how, how they at least got to be a family. With a dog, even. And at least they got to have a house, a real house, not some random place you get shipped to every year. A home. They had what I've always wanted. Now they're zombies. But at least for a while they had it. I was wrong. I lied before. It's not all good. There are a lot of things in my life that I've missed out on, but they don't have much to do with Disney. I slam the door shut. Enough thinking about family and home. Don't worry. I'm not going all soft on you. I'm still Mr. Jokey Monster Blaster. Just sometimes, you know, emotions, man. I pull out a big empty Gatorade jug, unscrew the truck's gas cap, and stick the jug beneath it, and the gas begins to flow. That's when I hear the noise, a sort of soft growling. Mm, hey there. I pull the Louisville slicer from its sheath as I slowly turn. Not sure what type of monster this is. I've never seen one like this before. It doesn't stink like death, which is nice. The monster growls again with more intensity. I take a slow step back, and then... The monster charges! Oh crud! Oh crud! Oh crud! I turn to run and pow! Slam into the side of the van. I hit the ground and the next thing I know, the monster is leaping, pinning me. This is it. This is the end. I couldn't even last two months after the monster apocalypse. Some hero you are, Jack. The monster opens its mouth wide and... Lick, lick, lick. Hey monster, get off! You got dog breath! I say laughing as I manage to get myself out from underneath the thing. Then it just sits there, big yellow tongue hanging out of its mouth, panting. Thanks for not eating me, pal, I say as I stuff the Gatorade bottle into my backpack. Much appreciated. I give the monster one final look, and then I begin the careful trek home. But the big ball of fur follows me. After two blocks, I stop and turn and yell. Hey, you gotta beat it. You're a monster. I'm, you know, non-monster. You can't follow me. But it doesn't work. Just come on, you big, dumb, way-too-friendly monster. Leave. Go home. Nothing. I try to speak to him in monster. Murgle, bargle, gloggle, berg. Still nothing. Look, look, it's like Romeo and Juliet, monster dude. We come from two different worlds. I'll, it'll never work. 
ten minutes later, when I get back to the treehouse, he's still nipping at my heels. I push through the bushes and halt right there. That's Quint, Captain Observant. Buddy, I know. He followed me home. Well, tell him to leave, Quint says. I tried. He doesn't understand English or my flawless monster speak. How do you suggest we proceed, Quint asks. Well, don't shoot me, but he is friendly. I say we let him hang. We'll have him for in for dinner. You think he likes Pringles? Jack, are you insane? Absolutely not. I'd love to study him and learn more, but it's too risky. Quint, I hear you telling me no, but I think I'm pretty sure your eyes are telling me yes. Jack, but look how cute he is. Quint glares and huffs and grumbles, but after a minute he goes back inside the treehouse. Yes, that means he's cool with it. And I guess that means now I have a pet monster. I think I'll name him Rover. I pull my list from my big pocket and make a big happy check mark next to it. Feet. And I get an awesome pet.